listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast. Join your hosts as we review video games from all systems and all genres. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Zap Night, episode 74 for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm here with my good friend, my brother-in-law, Brandon. How you doing? Good. How are you doing I'm today? I'm doing pretty good. Glad to have you back on the show. Good to be back. It's Is been, it? a, been a couple months yeah what was the last one that we did um metroid prime and i think that was was that last summer oh yeah it was last year i can't remember when it was before final fantasy 7 was released because i'm pretty sure we played metroid prime and then final fantasy 7 right afterwards that was about a year then yeah it's, it's been about a year wow yeah yep um so today we're talking about assassin's creed valhalla um how many hours did you put into this game I'd say probably close to 50. <laughs> that's not terrible. Um, that's that's typically what I put into an RPG. I put 130 hours into this game. Jeez. <laughs> Far too much time in, in this game. And I'm still not done. Like, I still have quite a bit of stuff to do. Yeah. Um, and and we'll, we'll get to it. But, uh, yeah... It's a long game. It really is a long game, and it's it's a bit of a grind, especially the way that you did it. I feel like the way that you played would have been a lot more grindy than the way that I played was like spread out it, and casual. And it actually wasn't that bad, but we'll probably have to talk about that when we actually get to like the whole gameplay. Section. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I agree. All right, so um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla was developed by Ubisoft. It was released on the PS4, the Xbox One, the Series X, and Steam, uh, and Stadia. Um, And then, like, a couple months later, it was released on the PS5. But all, like, in no... Well, no, I think it was, like, the next week it was released on the PS5. But it was in November of 2020. So this is a, a fairly new game for us. I also want to say now, before I forget, I haven't played any of the Assassin's Creed games. So, like, I have no backstory on any of these things. So, some of this stuff is new to me. So, forgive me if I seem ignorant on some of the back history of the <laughs> Assassin's Creed storyline. It came in on, like, game 10 or whatever. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it's, like, 26. <laughs> like, it's it's crazy. It's a crazy number <laughs> of games. All right. So, anyway... um, I'm going to go over the story again. Like I always say, if you notice anything that I need Mm. to specify, let me know. But um, I'm going over just the main story plot. Not all the sub stories, not all of the like super fine detail. I'm just kind of going over what you need to know to understand the game. Mm. There's spoilers. There's spoilers in every podcast episode. So if you guys are listening to this and you haven't played the game and you're worried about spoilers, Play the game, come back, hang out. Yes, because being relatively new, like it's what gonna be March. Yeah, so it's only like, a couple like, it's like three months, three months from old. release. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, if you, if you guys are wanting to play this game and you want to experience it blind, definitely do that because there are spoilers, especially towards the end of the story when there's a big plot twist at the end. You're gonna want to play it to experience that and enjoy it. So, but. To each their own, you know, if you want to be spoiled, by all means, I, I do not care. <laughs> um, so, before I go any further, I want to make this very clear. Eivor in my game is male. He was male in my game. He, I think his canon is female. It is. I think the, the game at the beginning gives you 
couple choices. You can be male, or you could be female, or you could let the animus choose. Right. And I believe that they said the animus choosing is actually the canon one because it changes the sex of your character at certain points in the story. And I don't know exactly where it is because I played male because I didn't like the female's voice. I had the same problem, yeah. I started off with the animus choose. I'm like, this is the way they they want me to play the game. I'm going to try it. And then I heard her voice. I'm like, I'm not listening to this. <laughs> I had so when I fired up the game, Lori played it first, and she had picked the female. And I'm like, yeah, a freaking female Viking. That's badass. That's awesome. That's what I want. And um, when she started talking, I'm like, I I don't know if I could do this. I'm like, I can't stand her voice. It's terrible. And so then I when I played. I picked the male, and the male voice is so much better. Yeah. So, yeah. Our games, it's a male. I'm referring to Eivor as a male, so you're going to have to deal with that if, if you're offended. I'm so sorry, but this is how we played the game. Um, so, in any case, with that out of the way, um, you play as Eivor, who is a uh, Norseman or a Dane from the year... Uh, 873 AD. Um, he is, uh, you see him as just a young kid. When you first start up the game, you see him as a young kid in his clan, um, having a feast for his king. Uh, we're going to butcher these names, by the way. I'm going to do my oh, best, yes. <laughs> do my best, but we're going to butcher them. Um, but Stabjorn is the king of his clan. Eivor witnesses an attack on his town, and uh, the warlord who's running this attack is Kovato. Ko- the warlord Kovato. Again, you'd have to see the spelling to be able to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, I can see the spelling, and I can't even remember how to pronounce it's like his name. K- I think the J is silent. Is it Kyote or something? Kove? I, I, Ko- I don't know. Bad dude number one. Yeah, big bad, the big bad guy. <laughs> but um, he's, he's torturing the town... Um, Eivor's father tries to sacrifice himself to make the, the attack cease and send the, the people away. Um, and the warlord accepts, kills Eivor's father and, um, proceeds to attack the rest of the village and just completely massacre the entire town. Eivor witnesses his mother die as well. King Stabjorn's son rescues Eivor via horseback, and they exit the village as the village is being raided and uh, massacred. On his way out of the village, uh, Eivor falls off the horse and gets attacked by a wolf. Uh, He manages to survive this wolf attack, but is left with a major scar on his face, giving him the nickname um, a wolf kissed. Eivor is then adopted by... Uh, King Stabjorn and Sigurd becomes then like his brother and they grow up being like best friends and they they do their raids together after the scenes of the the wolf you have this time gap where then you get this choice in between that transition where Eivor's a small child and then Eivor's an adult and in between that transition you get that prompt of do you want to take the male path the female path or let the animus choose Eivor finds himself um, kind of captive by a group, but he manages to escape, and he finds his father's axe. 
And really, Eivor has been hunting down this guy who massacred his town and killed his parents, you know, all these years ago. So his focus in life right now is to kill this guy. And having found his father's axe kind of triggers this um, this event with Odin. And it's, it's more of like a dream state that Eivor becomes in, where, you know... He just he sees Odin, they kind of talk about seeing the axe, and it makes Eivor consult uh, the local um, seer for advice. So he goes to see the seer who is Volka, and Volka gives him a potion that sends Eivor into yet another dream state, where he sees Sigurd being attacked and eaten by a wolf. Um, Volka claims that this is a prophecy that Eivor is going to end up betraying Sigurd, but Eivor just cannot believe that he would ever do such a thing. And in fact, you see it throughout the story that he legitimately forces himself to stay loyal to Sigurd throughout the very end. Like, he does everything he possibly can to stay as loyal as he can be, um, you know, throughout the entire game. Sigurd ends up getting back to town. He was off doing raids. Um, after a two-year process, he makes his way back to town, and um, he's joined by two strangers, Basim and Hytham. Basim and Hytham gave Sigurd a hidden blade that Sigurd then passes on to Eivor as his brother and as a gift of his, you know... Adventures out abroad. It turns out, I mean, as as you probably could guess, this hidden blade, um, Basim and Hytham are from the uh, the assassins order or the the hidden ones. Yeah, they call it in this game. Sigurd says that Basim and Hytham are there specifically to kill this um, this warlord guy that Eivor's been hunting the whole time, um, but they agree to let Eivor do the final kill just because Eivor has had this struggle his whole life with, you know, the death of his parents. So they, uh, let's see. Oh yeah. So they go and they kill this guy and Eivor does do the, the final blow killing this guy kind of ending his years of torment of, you know, avenging his parents when they get back after the victory, King Harold, who is kind of the the king over the majority of Norway at this time, announces that he wants to unite all of Norway, which basically means that um, King Stabjorn, that Eivor's clan, King Stabjorn would have to be... Um, they would have to submit and be like, hey, fall in line with us. Yeah, yeah. It would it would dethrone King Stabjorn to be more of a, a Jarl or a like just like a, a lord kind of thing, like yeah. whatever this. And- Stabjorn accepts this uh this piece, uh, but that angered Sigurd because Sigurd was next in line for the throne. So um, Sigurd and Eivor decide to just pack up and go to England to claim their own land and become kings of their own, their own people. So they gather as many people as will follow them, and they head to England. When they make it to England, they find an old ab- abandoned Viking camp that used to be um, Ragnar's group, Ragnarsson's um, old settlement that has been abandoned and they decide to set up camp and they call that camp uh, Ravenstrope. Ra- Ravensthrope. 
Something like that. <laughs> now that Eivor and Sigurd are in England, their main goal is to secure relationships within the local Viking clans and the Saxon kingdoms. So you spend the majority of the rest of the game traveling to all the lands within the area and trying to make relationships with the the local, you know, kings or the jarls or whoever may be running that land. So as Eivor, you typically are going by yourself, though there are a handful of um, missions where you are kind of following Sigurd around, or basically... Seeger goes to a place and says, hey, I'll call when I'm ready for you. And then after you do a couple missions, then he calls you over and you do some stuff and you see him and you kind of continue the story. Basim and Hytham explains to Eivor about being part of the Hidden Ones and trying to stop the Order of the Ancients from controlling the world. And again, I don't really know all the back history bef- about the the order or the Knights Templar, but I I gather as much as they're a group of people who do not care about human life and they simply just want to take over the world. And they just want to be the the heads of everything. And I I understand that that has repercussions like in the future world that of the people that are doing the animus stuff. But again, I don't know the whole history of Assassin's Creed. So do I. So So. a lot of that was kind of (laughs) unknown to me, but I mean, from my perspective, okay. Like the order of the ancients is bad and the hidden ones are good. And the hidden ones are who I am aligned with. So as not necessarily, not necessarily um, indoctored into the Assassin's Creed. You know, Eivor isn't like part of the Hidden Ones. He's just assisting them. He agrees to take on some of these assassinations, and Hytham gives him a list of all of the people that he needs to assassinate while he's out in his travels, if he finds information on them. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sigurd and Basim... Uh, begin looking for this ancient artifact that somehow proves Sigurd to be a god. Um, Eivor Eivor is very reluctant to believe this, and the whole time Basim is pushing Sigurd to find these artifacts and to find these people to help verify this, and Eivor obviously is very confused, but because Sigurd's looking for him, Eivor is staying loyal to Sigurd and helps him find these artifacts. While they're looking for this item, they track down um, Folke, who is... She's like a paladin. Yeah, yeah, there you go, a paladin. So she's part of the church, and she's she is a collector of items and ancient relics. She says that she had this item that Sigurd is looking for, but when you make it to her uh, her hideout, sh- you find that everything has been stolen. So, Folke claims that the items have been stolen, but end up just leading Eivor and Sigurd into a trap, getting Sigurd C- captured by Folke, and leaving Eivor to just hunt down Folke, trying to get Sigurd back. And you spend several chapters trying to find Sigurd. Where is he? Where has he been? You know, you're you're looking for Folke, trying to track down all of her like tracks and trails, hunting her down. When you finally find 
uh, Folke, you kill her, and um, you rescue Sigurd, who has been badly tortured, missing an arm, and completely brainwashed into believing that he truly is a god. And you take Sigurd back to Ravensthrope, where um, he just becomes more withdrawn and completely tries to convince Eivor that, you know, he's he's deserving of being better than human. And uh, all he really wants to do is go back to Norway to go to Valhalla. Sigurd convinces Eivor to go back to Norway. Uh, Sigurd guides Eivor through this crazy blizzard to the entrance of a cave where you find this like advanced ancient technology. And when you step into the center of this machine, it captures you and transfers your consciousness to like a simulation. And you kind of understand this as a modern day person, but like from their perspective, they have no idea what's going on and what's happening to them. You find yourself as Eivor still in Valhalla where you endure days and days of endless battles and you just you you wake up you go off you everyone cheers that you're there and then you go off to battle and you fight and you fight and you fight until the day is done and then you wake up and you do it all again and Eivor starts to get a sense that something is wrong he starts to see his dad who in Eivor's mind his father should not be in Valhalla because he didn't die an honorable death so in in their tradition, if you don't die in battle, you don't belong in Valhalla. So this kind of tips Eivor off to thinking that maybe something is wrong, that this isn't really a true Valhalla. So he convinces Sigurd to leave the Valhalla area. Sigurd eventually does give in and wants to go back. And as he's going back, Eivor has another vision of Odin where Odin is not wanting Eivor to leave and Odin fights, fights back. And literally you have to fight Odin to be able to leave. And I didn't get this when I played, I, I kind of towards the end, I I started to catch on, but you can't really do anything to Odin. He doesn't have a, a, a health bar at all, but like, you can't really attack him a whole lot. You can kind of hit him a couple times, but, and as you get too far away or too close to this, like exit light, he pulls you back in and you realize that he's pulling you in by your ax and you have to like de-equip your ax in order to actually leave. And then you're fine. But I, th- I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And like, I started to get the hint. And just as I started to, uh, once I started to put the two and two together, the game's like, you should put your axe away. Yeah, and I'm like, I, oh, okay. I got that too. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. I have, oh, there we go. It's, it's just like, if, if it had just waited just a little bit longer, I think I would have gotten it, but it took a minute. So anyway, when you finally do exit the, this machine, uh, Basm shows up and confronts, Sigurd and Eivor basically telling Sigurd that all three of them are reincarnations of the gods that Eivor represents Odin um Sigurd represents uh Tyr Tyr and um Basim is Loki Basim is very angry 
that Eivor has killed his son. And we'll go into the mythology and I'll talk about that when we're done. But in any case, his son is supposed to be Fenrir and in the mythology, Odin had killed Fenrir. So Basim as Loki is angry at Eivor as Odin and just wants revenge for his son and attacks Eivor. You eventually push Basim back and into the machine Seagird activates the machine and sends Basm into the simulation. And you're able to freely go back to Ravensthrope, where uh, Seagird relinquishes his reign over Ravensthrope and gives the leadership role to Eivor, crowning him, I don't know, the Jarl or the king yeah. of Ravensthrope. Uh, the clan welcomes Eivor back with open arms and... You know, you're kind of left with this ending, kind of. Um, but that's like, that's that's the main story. But there's a lot more going on. How much, Brandon? How much did, did you, you did you go farther after that? I did. Yeah. Okay. Um. With like, I I did the like stuff outside of the animus. Is that what you're talking about, or are you talking about the quest after the end? Well, I because I would say that the ending goes like. So after this, they go back, they do that stuff. There's a couple other quests that you can do about like kind of like pacifying England. Mm -hmm. At the end, we got to do a couple more things and go up against like the main king of England, all yeah. that stuff. Yep. And you do that. And afterwards, but the king escapes. He he escapes. You don't actually kill the king of England. At in the main game, so he, right? Like, right. So because there's right. there's, so, there's a lot that's like. That we didn't do. That's still in the game. Right, right. Well, and I did. I did do a lot of it, so I know what you're yeah. talking about. Um, but yeah, so like you go and confront the king of England. Um, what was his name? I don't know if I wrote it down. Uh, uh Her gonna... it's not Harold. No, I thought it started with an E. I thought it started with an A. Alfred. Alfred. I yeah, Alfred? I, th I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, you you're you're kind of tormented by King Alfred throughout the whole game, if that is his name. Yeah. Dude, sorry if I'm wrong, but that sounds right. Yeah. Um, and you're you're kind of tormented through him from him throughout the game, and you you gather all of your people together that you've made relationships with up to this point, and you fight him or you try to fight his army, yeah. and he flees, um, leaving you with killing his side henchman. I don't remember his name either, yeah. but it, it didn't matter. Um, and a couple people die in the battle, and it kind of ends there again. Um, yeah. When you do finish killing all of the Order members, you find out that the king is actually the head of the Order in England. And you go to kill him, and you find out that the whole time he's been guiding you along the way and giving you notes and hints on who the Order members are and how to kill him, And really been kind of playing Eivor, but like secretly he really hated the order and he didn't want to be part of it and he wanted to take it down anyway. Yeah. Cause so, I, cause I didn't do that. Cause I didn't, I didn't really feel inclined to go do sure. all the other stuff, but I did look that up because it makes sense in the lore that he wanted to get rid of the order of the ancients, but he pretty much, I think goes on to find the Templar Knights, which is what in the later Assassin's Creed, it's the Templars versus the Assassins, and that's what he ends up going on to do, because this game takes place before the very first Assassin's Creed, I believe. Oh, really? I huh. think so. 
yeah, I don't know the history of it, but yeah, yeah. It's something like that. And then after you do all that, I this is where I kind of called it the end of the game. You go back to the present and you're the I forgot the girl's name already cuz I just skipped the present stuff as much as possible just to get back in the animus. But you find out from the visions from her being in the animus of where this things were. Yeah, where where the um that technology was like the old that, that cave yeah the old isu technology which where was where basm was put into the machine yeah so you make your way to that machine and you enter it because the whole so like okay outside of the avor plotline you've got the plotline outside of the animus in present day yes. <laughs> and to kind of rewind a little bit and talk about that um I didn't write this down, so I'm going off of memory. But you get some your your people, your small group of like three people, gets a message from this Desmond saying that there is a Viking who is in this land that you should go and check out. So you go to the, your people, go to that place. They find the Viking, they dig it up, they enter the DNA into the Animus, and they start experiencing the the events of Eivor. And then at the end, you find that there is this cave um, that Eivor had went to. And the whole time, you're experiencing these earthquakes that the magnetic field of the Earth is having problems. It's getting too strong or something. And you are able to pinpoint that the location of that cave is the source of the magnetic field that's going haywire. So you go, and your 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 female character, whoever it is that's controlling the animus up to this point, she goes to this cave, enters the cave, and finds the machine that's running and causing the disruption in this uh, magnetic field. And she enters that machine that was giving Eivor the Valhalla visions, the simulation. And when she does that... She, um, I don't remember. Does she encounter Basm? Yes, because he's still in there. Right, he's still trapped in there. And they talk, and it, she figures out that it was like him, kind of like sending messages like throughout. And right, everything. he was he was Desmond, wasn't he? No, 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 it wasn't. It was the tree guy who was Desmond. Yeah, that's Desmond. Yeah, okay. And then pretty much like long story short, like she stays in there with. The I forgot the guys what they ended up calling him because the, they give him some the name. reader or something like yeah, that yeah and which is basically Desmond she ends up staying with him to try to find ways to stop this apocalyptic she, type thing yeah, from happening she like she slowed down the machine but that wasn't the like ultimate goal like she wanted to slow down the machine but she ultimately wants to save the planet mm-hmm. so like she stays in the simulation but the radiation inside the um inside that cave was too high and her body ends up dying leaving her trapped in the simulation but basm boots himself out of the simulation and uses this like staff from I don't know where this... That, that's from the earlier games. That's from... No idea. Yeah. The, I knew that the staff had some sort of magical properties about healing or something. But anyway, Basm falls on top of the staff, calls the staff his lover, and is, like, being talked back from the staff. I don't, I don't understand. But the staff heals Basm's body, 
and he's able to walk out and join up with the other two members of the group who's controlling Eivor. And then he takes over the Animus and controls Eivor from, from that point yeah. forward. For like, yeah, for finishing the stuff that you can outside the main yeah quote unquote main story yeah right so and what's cool is if you do like you know the corrupted zones the like the animus the animus like disrupted oh yeah the anomalies yeah yeah yeah. if you go there as basm he he comments like oh here's the traps that are here's the anomalies that i placed and he comments on you know how how have these puzzles held up and then you go through and he's like oh and here's the memory the ancient memory snip that i've found or whatever did you do all of those i did a lot of them because i know i did like one of them i only actually found one running through the game myself like just randomly like oh i did i was like oh jumping timed puzzles i don't really want to do this really I, i did the one they were awesome i didn't really care for it we'll but, get to it in gameplay but i loved those but there is a special scene that once you beat all of them that kind of like clarifies some things from the ending too. Uh, okay. So afterwards there's, uh, there's more a snippet well, of the story since we're talking about the ending of the game. So this is already heavy spoiler thing at the ending of the game. Uh, you see this vision there. Avor sees this vision about like all the gods and everything. And they're getting ready for Ragnarok. Cause it's finally coming on them in the dream world and everything. And they're talking about preserving their bodies. Cause he, uh, one of his side quests was getting this mead drink so they could put like their essence, so to speak, into the life tree and preserve it. And they get ready to drink and go out and fight their battles and everything. Like, yay, Ragnarok's coming kind of thing. If you do all the Animus Anomalies, you see that scene again, but it's the futuristic technology because like they find out that all those people are actually the Isu who have the ancient technology and they're doing it in a simulation. They're putting a, like when they're raising the bulls to drink, they're actually putting on these VR masks and they're transferring their consciences to like little, little babies, like little fetuses that are in there and they're transferring their consciences to that. And you find out, you know, they say Loki wasn't supposed to be one of these and you see Loki actually kill someone and put on the mask and everything and transfer his conscience. So it's like, Oh, so everything that they were saying was like, it's all simulation. They're not guys. They're part of the ancient technology. Yeah. And they're transferring their consciences. It's just, and they've created this digital world to kind of like, co- like converse that to people, but you don't know that. And it's a lot of whole sci-fi thing that I, it's, it's over my head because I have only played like two games in the series. Right. <laughs> and I haven't played any, like I played the first of the, f- the I've, played the first half of the first assassin's creed game and none of this like i understood that there was some advanced technology stuff going on but that that was in my opinion like futuristic modern era where like this stuff is like ancient civilization advanced technology and i i we entered i entered that cave and i'm like well this took a sci-fi turn like i had no idea what was going yeah. on and then we entered the simulation and i'm just like what and then basm starts rambling on about being loki and i'm like what so i was very confused but i mean i i was able to put the pieces together like the the side quests where you go to asgard and you're doing the like you know the the uh, Finrear and the the master builder, all that stuff is is actually 
um, folklore from you know the yeah. the Viking people. Like these are actual stories that they've reimagined, which is amazing, by the way. But I mean, you know, you you have the the story of the master builder who you know is is setting up this this big shield to help protect the city, but ends up being a troll and is really just wanting to. Um, yeah, he's from lock, Yonar and everything, and like he was wanting to lock Avor or uh, Odin into the circle so he could kill him or whatever the case was. But then the whole like point of that story was Finrir being released and Finrir making his way. To, Finrir is this wolf, and in in uh, ancient mythology, in the in the Viking mythology, um, Finrir kills Odin, who Odin is the god. Uh, the the father of all the gods or whatever, um, king, not the father, <laughs> to to specify, is the king. Um, but anyway, he's, um, Fenrir kills Odin in the mythology during Ragnarok. So because Odin knows this, because Odin is the all wise one. Yeah, and he's got like those uh the the weavers, the fate people yeah. like to tell him like these things too. And, and I mean he's he he he's all knowing. Yeah. And so he knew that Ragnarok was Ragnarok was coming. He knows that Fenrir is going to kill him in the end. So he wants to find a way to avoid dying. The obvious answer would be just kid, kill Fenrir. Well, it turns out that Fenrir is Loki's son, and Loki is just one of the um, the gods with the, there's there's a name for him. But um, Odin had made some sort of pact with Loki not to kill any of his blood. So Odin trying to preserve that um, that pact. Uh, manages to find wants to find another way to preserve his life after Ragnarok. So then you go on to another quest line outside of um, Asgard, where you go to uh, Jotunheim, and you find a witch in Jotunheim who explains that there is a mead that you can collect that will allow you to transfer your consciousness from the Asgard realm to um, Midgard, which is Earth, the Earth plane where humans exist. And again, part of this is in the actual mythology. Some of it's not. Some of it's, you know, they're playing. They're taking their liberties for the story. And right, exactly. They're, they're trying to manipulate the stories to fit their story, you know, arc. But it, it was fun to see, you know, things like, when you do fight, you you have to fight Fenrir to chain him down. Like that's one of the goals, and that does happen in the mythology, the the actual mythology, um, where Odin gets uh, a dwarf to make an unbreakable chain to chain Fenrir down, so that he is at least confined until Ragnarok. And um, in the process of doing this, uh, Tyr, who is trying to befriend uh Fenrir loses his arm to Fenrir out of trust because Tyr trusts 
uh, Odin, and Odin says, "You're you're you'll be fine. I'm not going to do anything to you. It's not going to hurt." And Odin starts to bind up Fenrir, and Fenrir's like, "This hurts," and then bites off Tyr's mm-hmm. arm. So with that playing off of the fact that Sigurd loses his arm, and Sigurd continues to lose his arm every day of the like the Valhalla loop. Yeah. I thought that was entertaining. That's when I, you kind of start piecing it together a little bit. Like, cause you knew like Ivor and Odin's like, you know, they had him look the same and everything he was living out. You're like, okay, there's something there. And then it's like, yeah, I started putting it together near the end too. It was like, obviously when Basim starts to do stuff, you're like, Oh yeah, you're getting that. Well, it's funny that I never put those two together before then because Loki and Basm has the same voice actor. Yeah. And like they sound exactly the same. So you would think that but but because Loki looks so different in the um in the Asgard like story. Yeah. You would think that, you know, it, it just it doesn't click until the very end. You're like, oh, I understand where they were going with this. And I think Freya was representative of the seer lady. I think that's who she was. Yeah, I didn't get that. Like, I didn't get it later. I looked it up. I was like, okay, I'm kind of... I understood that Freya had some sort of point to her, but like... Hey, it didn't make any sense. I didn't to see me. it as it direct as like the other ones. When you're saying like that makes sense, that makes sense. Like right, uh, I get it. I'm like how they're trying to tie together some people, but it's just like, oh, she's this person. Like, oh, yeah, okay. It, it I was guess. it was interesting, and I think it kind of seemed like that wasn't Thor there too, and I think Thor was supposed to represent somebody also, and I couldn't figure that one out either, because it mm. seemed like it seemed like that in the Valhalla loop. Eivor finds his father and when he finds his father he like actually is Thor but like only for a second or something it was weird like I didn't I didn't understand what I and I could be mistaken but that's what I thought they were trying to tell me but I don't know yeah so once again we apologize for the story stuff yeah I mean it's 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 kind of left like the stuff that I went over the stuff that I wrote down you know that all is pretty straightforward mm-hmm. you're in the animus as avor and you're you're doing this stuff with sigurd and he sigurd goes crazy you go to the animus or this specialty device mm-hmm. and you kill basm and then you go home yeah. like from avor's point of view you're done you know you you went home you made your you know basm freaked out and betrayed you and it's over yeah. I think they're trying to tie together multiple um, storylines going on within the Assassin's Creed lore. Yeah, because with uh, with Origins, Odyssey, and this one, that forms a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Those three. So, And I think the girl that is controlling the Animus from the beginning is the same girl that is controlling the Animus in those yes, three games yes, as well. That's why that's a lot of that stuff carries over. Like, you know... She like that scepter staff they got. They got that in Odyssey, and she was the one who started off in Origins too, like going. So it has its own story based over that, with also the self-contained of like the Avor story. Just right. like this is what the it base, is. the the main game, like Odyssey, has its own like bubble of a story. Like yeah. this Valhalla has its own bubble of the story with Avor. Yeah, so I, it I is possible to play this game and enjoy it just for the main story. 
it may leave you with a lot of questions, but if you're going to want well, that, you're going to have to like look it up. Yeah, if you, if and, they, and that's that's where I was at. So I played this game completely blind to the other games, and at the very end, <laughs> it's funny because before I beat the game, I was telling somebody in the stream, I said, this game is very much based in some kind of reality. Like, they take, they take notes from the Viking era, the written you know, legacies that have been left behind and they've molded it into something that is entertaining and interactive for us. And I'm like, it's very based on reality. Like they, they, the person that I was talking to was specifically commenting on the witches that you fight and they're like, well, there's magic in this game. And I'm like, yeah, but only kind of, because before you fight the witches, you are inhaling this like toxic fumes and you could just be hallucinating these things and they're manipulating that like play and i said that and then the very next time that i played we ended up in you know this futuristic cave <laughs> and going to simulations back in you know 873 ad like what yeah <laughs> like, i just like every the whole like based in reality thing just got tossed out the window you know so yeah I, I understand where they're going. I did a little bit of research, and that's all it takes. You yeah. just do a couple like Google searches of, well, who the heck is Basim's son? I had no idea where they were going with that until I started putting all the pieces together. And I'm like, oh, Whoa. so it's Loki and Fenrir, and okay, I got it. But like, if you just do a little bit of research, you find out that there's the story of Assassin's Creed is this ancient, this ancient. Uh, highly technological civilization that lived before common era yeah. and that those are the people that you're learning about yeah, and they weave all sorts of just everything together because it goes back to like what they call eden and the yeah. apple and all stuff but they're ancient and very highly civilized and you'll know if you want to play more and be like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. Maybe I should play the other ones or you'd be like, no, nah, I'm okay. Like but you figure it out. Again, like you said, as its own individual story bubble, like it's good on its own. Yeah. You don't need to play the other games to really understand it or enjoy just this game, but it does help fill in some of the gaps. Yeah. You just might be left with some questions. That's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I think I, I'm basing this off of just the main story and not really so much the extra stuff that like I leaves a lot of question marks for me for right. not knowing. So, so what did you give it for story? I gave it a seven out of 10. I gave it a six. So we're pretty close on that. Um, I felt like aside from the, aside from the Assassin's Creed, like animus side stuff, just the Avor story I thought was kind of boring. Yes. <laughs> um, it was pretty boring up until the very end, and like the Asgard stuff was amazing. I loved going to Asgard. I loved experiencing these these stories retold and reimagined. I loved it. But it was ultimately kind of boring. It's just like you go to this kingdom and you do a couple like story quest things. Oh, here's politics. Yeah, English everything politics. everything is very like isolated to the region that you're going to investigate. And like each region, there was what, maybe like 12 different regions that you could explore. Something like that. And um, each one had its own segregated storyline that really had not a whole lot to do with any of the other ones. They reference people and they reference locations, but you go to, say, um, Wessex and it's its own storyline. You go to. Uh, Jovic and it's its own storyline. So like you you know everything is 
siloed in their own story sections. But as an overall story arc, that makes it kind of boring because it doesn't, they don't all go together necessarily. And I understand from a development point of view, they wanted you to play these in any order that you wanted to. And so you can't have them play, you can't have that concept if, you know, the storylines tie together. Granted, there are some, like, you won't be able to unlock certain storylines until you do this storyline. Like, the C- the main storyline was Sigurd. You can't unlock those storylines until, like, until you meet Folke. You can't move on, you know, you, until you do certain things, other parts unlock. But the majority of the game, they wanted you to be able to just go and explore and do what you want. And what storyline you find along the way is what you get. And I liked that concept, but it was boring as an overall. Yeah. I felt it did take too long before it actually like started picking up steam a little bit. It's like, like the first like 10 to 15 hours, like it's just a slow drip of like, you know, you do the Norway stuff and then you go to England and they're slowly rolling out stuff, which, you know, I understand you want to slowly roll out stuff, make it easier for the player. You know, you don't want to overload them. But it just wasn't, like, interesting for, like, a good while for me. The other thing that I noted is probably outside of Eivor, which I liked Eivor, you know, depending on how you play him, because everyone can have a different experience for sure. Things, but yeah. I thought he was generally, you know, a likable character. But all the other characters, it's like, I didn't really, like, care for. It's like, there was nothing wrong with them, but there wasn't anything, like, I felt that was, like, super great or anything to write home about. It was just... They're just kind of there. They're just plot devices. And it was just yeah. like. There were a few. I really liked the blacksmith. No. Did you do his side quest where uh, you go did, to Glower, Cheshireshire? Yeah, and you do all the Halloween stuff and you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get him married at the end? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I loved that story arc. That was great. I loved his, his wife. I can't remember her name, but she had that really crazy accent. Yeah, and you couldn't understand anything she said. And every time she talks, Eivor, they, they pan over to Eivor and he just has this question look, question mark <laughs> look on his face. It's so funny. Every single time. But what's funny is if you try hard enough, you can kind of understand what she's saying. So it's like, I think it really is like a, an old dialect that they're that, like, they probably had one voice actor that had an awesome dialect for this and they just used her because she could do it. But, you know, I don't think that it was a common dialect back then. So that's probably why they they used it in that yeah. way. And they, they made it kind of funny, you know. Yeah. But really, that, that whole story arc, like everything about... I liked the blacksmith as a character. I thought he was fun. His wife was entertaining. And, you know, that, like, goofy sense of humor thing. Plus, you go to Glower Cheshireshire and you have the whole, like... Um, the folk tales and the traditions of Samhain and Halloween and a lot of those come from those ancient traditions. Yeah. So it's it's really neat to see that weaved into the storyline of the old English, you know, traditions that have been passed on and morphed over the years and have been brought over. You know, it's it's cool. It's yeah. cool to see. But uh, it was just, it wasn't bad. And I, no, it, it wasn't. And that's like the thing is like. I think we'll figure this out as we go along. Like it just, it wasn't bad. It's just, I thought it could have been better. And I feel bad for this game because it comes on the heels of me play. I played a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey last year and I really enjoyed Odyssey. So it kind of got me pumped for the new one coming out. And when you play something that's in the shadow of something you really enjoyed, it's kind of like 
you hold it up to like a little bit of a higher standard and sometimes it falls short and yeah it wasn't quite what you were expecting it to yeah. be yeah i get that um i kind of felt like a bit of it was repetitive and i'm going to bring that up a few times because the game as a whole its whole plot point was very repetitive like go here do a raid you kill the guy you move on go here do some fetch quests you kill a guy you do a raid you move on and it's like the same thing just with a different like story uh like plugged in you know and even some of their twists are like predictable because you knew that they were trying to do something different like they'll like start out because when they take like a look at like the history you know a lot of like the Danes versus Christians in England and everything like that. And they're like, okay, well then these are the bad guys. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well then you meet like someone else on the other side. Now they're the bad guy and everything right. like that. But you kind of see that coming. So they're like, oh, we're going to throw them for a loop and we're going to make this person who you think's the good guy. They're actually the bad guy. And then the good guy that you thought was bad, they're good and everything like that. And it's just like, you started seeing that stuff coming too. It's like, oh, Okay, they're just going to do this they're, again. They're setting us up for a twist, and I've already seen it coming, so then it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I don't know. I mean, the story wasn't it wasn't terrible. Again, I mean, I gave it a six, or I gave it a seven, you gave it a six. It's yeah. not, not terrible, but it's not its highlight feature. Yeah, it wouldn't make me want to go back to be like, oh, I want to play that story again. The, well, there are a few storylines that you have... Um, options to kind of manipulate how the story plays out. But if you play with those tags a little bit, you kind of start to realize that they were going to play out that way anyway. There were a couple things like I accidentally killed a guy who ended up being innocent. But the question then is, if I killed the wrong guy during this point, would the roles would have just been reversed <laughs> and the story would have been the same anyway? I did look some stuff up. Like oh, did for you? some of those... Like, where you're playing, like, Detective Quest and everything. Because I knew that I saw about this, that the decisions you make would actually depend on if some people would come and join your clan back in Ravensthorpe and everything like that. And, like, uh, the first one where you help out, uh, what's her name, Soma, I think yeah. her name is. Yep. And you need to find her traitor and everything like that. And if you pick the wrong one, uh, the girl that she has, she'll either, like, come near the clan or she won't come near your clan. So it's, it's nothing that's, like, major, but... I kind of already knew at a point when I was playing this, I was like, I don't think I'm going to go back and replay this game. So I kind of want to make sure that I get like certain things done to kind of like sort of experience and like see these things. And sometimes I felt like, I guess this might go into the gameplay section maybe a little bit. So there might be asterisks on it. But when you do some of that detective stuff, you get some of these hints. But it doesn't really give you like a clear answer at the end. It's like you did all this detective work. Here's now make a decision, and yeah. you still don't know what you to still decide. Don't know, yeah, it's it's not like you did your detective work. Like oh, I can make a really good guess on this. Sometimes you just can't because it's not really yeah. that clear. And and I played this game with that concept of I'm playing off of only what the game gives me. Yeah, I could look up the different answers because that's you have technology nowadays that you yeah. could just do that. But I wanted to play it for how the game presented it. And the one with Soma, I felt like that one was straightforward. I was able to figure that one out without too much of a problem. But there were a few other ones down the line where you had to find a traitor who 
reported some a couple getting married that was like Saxon and Dane who were having relations or something and they reported it to somebody and you had to like hunt hunt you had to figure out by the clues of who who it was and your clues were very limited like you all you could do was talk to the guy or talk to the girl and then like you had to judge off of those <laughs> few like conversations and it was like i i don't know i just pick one and we'll see where it takes me and you know there were a few times that i did i i could tell that they they made it clear that i got it wrong <laughs> um there was another one that was like i had to choose um it was between like three people who who the bad guy was and if I'd have thought, because I knew what the bad guy was in the order, so like if I'd have known that, I could have just looked at my order log and seen the like profile, and yeah. I would have known who to pick from that. But I didn't think about it, and I picked the wrong guy, and then you know I was gonna kill one of my friends because <laughs> I thought he genuinely had done it when I could have just looked at the order log and been like, oh, it's this this big guy, you know? Yeah. I don't know, silly things like that, but I mean. At least they didn't tie that into something that like had any major repercussions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it wasn't like game breaking if yeah. you picked the wrong person. It just it would change the plot of that one siloed story yeah. a little bit. Because I think the only one that actually like kind of mattered was the one like kind of near the end of the game where you meet up with like your old buddy that you used to be like kids with and playing around and everything, and you can be like, oh well, your dad died. You should stay here and become the king, or you oh go, yeah. Or, you know, no, let the other guy become the king, you can come back to me. Because then he shows up at like the last battle in oh, England and everything does like he? that. Yeah. Well, I think he was there in, well, I don't know, it depends on who you pick, I guess. I because I picked the son to be the leader of that clan. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, because I told him to come with me and hang out and like let the the old guy who was like the king's mm-hmm. like a uh, thing it was like, you know, he's more political, like you obviously don't want this, you know, just come hang out with me. And then when you do like the last quest where you go to like fight king alfred and stuff like that and you have all your buddies come there he's there with you fighting oh so, really well, yeah, he comes back to live with you and everything and then he goes out to fight with you so does he raid with you then um can you have him join your raiding party he might have i didn't really do many raids at the end oh i just i still had a raid party like empty slot like there was somebody missing and i was wondering who that was but yeah, I picked I picked that son to be the the leader of the clan because like so what he needs to suck it up and be you know he needs to be the leader like he he was born to be the leader he's just <laughs> taken on and suck it up, um, but yeah I was curious if that how that would change up in the story. Speaking of story stuff, did you romance anyone? I did. Yeah, Ranvi. Did when did you do that? Did you wait till the end or did you do it when she first? I did it like right away. Or did you? While while Seeger was out raiding or whatever, he was doing his own thing, and um, Ranvi invited me off on this like adventure. on the date and everything. Yeah, we go to the waterfall yeah. and all that yep, stuff. Yep, the tower. Yeah, I I rejected her there. Oh I, really? Yeah, because I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm like, well, who all can you romance in this one? Because I'm like, it's a lot of dudes. I'm like, uh, like there's I'm like there's. A, a lot of dudes, I'm like sitting there like, I don't even know who I can romance. Like, I'm not ready to make this decision. I looked up and it's like, well, if you romance her now, and I don't think I was going to do it anyways because it was kind of like in the mindset of like, I'm Eivor. That's my brother's wife. You, I right. Can't, you know, like, I, I had the same thought, but I had this thought of, because I think uh, Seeger was being crazy at the time. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, 
she needs somebody. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, that somebody might as well be me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm curious as to how it affected the story, because I know if you do it beforehand, it changes something to where if you wait until they break up and at the end, because I actually, I in, I romanced, like, the hunter girl, who, who like, does all, like, oh, all the... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, rom- I wondered if you could. I romanced her for a little bit, and then once we got to the end, let the whole story play out, Sigurd and Ranvi, they're broken up now, so everything's all good. And it's all like, okay, I'm going to go break up with her, hook up with Ranvi, because I want to see, like, like kind of like what this is about, like, because I'm not going to go back through and play it again. Let's see what this relationship does and everything like yeah. that. And it was all like, oh, Sigurd approves. I think he always knew that you liked me and everything like that. And it was just, it was, it was just kind of weird. It, it, like, didn't go anywhere. Like, you, for me, I had the date with Ranvi. And that was great. Like, I I really enjoyed that whole, like, little getaway idea. And then, like, we ended up hooking up that night. And then we went back and we were just a couple after that. Yeah. And then Seeger gets back. And there's a few lines of dialogue where he's like, he he tells Ramvi, like, you don't think that he knows about us, do you? And she goes, oh, no, he doesn't. But, you know, we should stay away from each other for a while. And then if you try and kiss her or anything after that, she's like, Eivor, not right now. Not right now. Sigurd's around. Like, we need to just stay away. Um, But after all the events with Sigurd happens and you get back, you find out that they're getting a divorce. And they make it very, very clear to you that um, Ramvi and Sigurd are no longer a couple and that you're okay to like be together, but like they don't go anywhere with it. Like, I don't know if there's more story besides that. I did during the wedding scene with the blacksmith. Yeah. There was a very small clip of her like saying now, now that Sigurd and I are officially broken up, you know, we can kind of be a little more together. And I've always been, I've always wanted to be with you anyway. And this, that sort of concept, but I think the wedding is when I did end up hooking up with her because like pretty much everything was done and this was just like extra stuff. Right, it was just like, yeah. I already broke up with the one girl. So it was like, that was just, it felt more natural that way instead of like doing it like at that point in time. Cause it was just like, I'm like, I felt a little weird. Like also my brother's wife's coming on me I in the felt, game. It was like, <laughs> I felt that way too. And I kind of wanted to see what would happen if Sigurd found out. <laughs> so I wanted to see what, how that would have affected the story, but like it didn't well, at all. Well, <laughs> I know there's a couple things too at the end that affect whether uh, Sigurd actually comes back to England with you or not. So I think, oh, he, really? yeah, he can actually like decide to stay or come back with you. Really? And I think Randvi is one of the things. I think there's one point in time where you get into an argument and you can choose whether to punch him or not. Oh, well, I did punch yeah, him. I think I punched him, too. I mean, <laughs> I mean we're brothers, so it's like, you're yeah, going no, thought... to hit your brother. Well, and he said something. I don't remember what the dialogue was, but I he said something that was, like, crappy. And I'm like, no, 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 this dude, is get, he's getting a fist to the face. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, like, a checklist of, like, five things, and if you do, like, three out of the five or something like that, like, he decides not to go back with you, and he just ends up staying Interesting. Stuff. So, uh, so he just, like, stays with his dad in uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so in I'm Norway, there. he came back with me. So he's yeah, like, yeah, he came back with me too. He's like, yeah, no, he's like, here, we, we broke up. We weren't right for each other. Have at it. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, that's that. <laughs> it seems like an awkward situation, right? Yeah. So like, he comes back with you, and like, you're dating his wife. You're also the leader of the clan now. And what, like, Sigurd is just this lonely dude wandering <laughs> the the streets. And, like, and he's happy, <laughs> I guess. No arm, you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> he doesn't even raid with you anymore. It's 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 weird. It's a weird situation. <laughs> oh. Oh. Alright, well, let's move on to graphics. Um I gave it an eight out of ten for graphics. I gave it a seven. Okay. Beautiful game. A lot of graphical bugs that drove me crazy. Yes. Uh, that was probably the biggest problem, honestly. The biggest reason, because otherwise I think I would have given it more of a 9 or so. But, like, I didn't have any problems outside of, well, maybe one small, small, like, little thing. I, some of the characters were, like, too similar. Like, none of them really stood out aside from your main cast. Yeah. Like, everybody was just, like, like all of the, the enemies were just, like, generic soldiers but i mean to that degree like it kind of makes sense because they're all wearing the same uniform but yeah and if you're going to be like fighting hundreds and hundreds of these guys it's like i don't think we need them to look too much right yeah you know? yeah it was it was petty but yeah otherwise the graphical bugs were problematic yeah. and i i think that's just come to be expected with the ubisoft games just like <laughs> you just know there's gonna be there's gonna be those graphical hiccups and just hiccups in general i know like I played about 30-some hours. I played on PC, by mm -hmm. the way, and you played on PlayStation. Yeah, I so yeah. I played 30-some hours before my game crashed on me for the first time, and then it started crashing on me a couple times, like, up until the end. And I was like, I was like, I went so long without it. And there was actually one bug. I wish I had this recorded because it was funny. Because we I was doing a quest, and I was following someone on horse ride. We're going down the trail, and it's a serious conversation. <laughs> and I look at the river, and... There was a boat that was like flipping over and just doing this, and <laughs> oh like like a car in a game like hit something was rolling over and it was just like flying over the place and getting airborne. And I had the camera on and they're having this whole thing and there's this boat just tumbling down the river, and I'm sitting there like <laughs> laughing because like I actually paused it and I called Michaela in there yeah, like yeah. I'm like look at this look at this and it just it had me cracking up. <laughs> it was just... I had I had a couple really funny moments. Um, one time I was having this serious conversation with one of the one of the guys, one of the kings or something, and we were gonna get on our horse and go to the next location. Well, the horse was like too close to the cliff, I think. And instead of getting on the horse, he would walk up to the horse, climb the cliff, jump off the cliff, walk up to the horse, climb the cliff, jump off the cliff, walk up to the horse, <laughs> like this loop. And I'm like, yeah. what is going on? Get on your horse. Let's go. <laughs> so I ended up going up and like hitting the horse and the horse like backed up enough to where well, he, he could, could get, get on. on. <laughs> there was another time where the horse was stuck altogether. Like... <laughs> the the guy who we, we were supposed to go on horseback to an, a similar situation we were supposed to go on horseback to a location open field the horse is sitting there the dude is on the horse and the guy on the horse is like we should probably go avor let's go avor what are you waiting for and i'm like no, i'm waiting for you like yeah. i'm down the road you follow me he would move yeah he just wouldn't i had to reload my game for it to start all over again for him to freaking move yeah um there was another one where I was, oh, what was it? It was towards, I think it was the, the plot point where you're doing the, um, the king and his son and deciding who to pick to be the next leader. Yeah. There's a girl that shows up from your town to help prepare the ceremony for yeah, like the Yeah, like you're the bringing king. the gift and everything. Yeah, like right. That, right. Yeah, that girl. Yeah. 
when she first showed up, Avor inter- introduced her. He's like, "Hey, this is this is a girl from my town, and she's gonna be doing blah 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 blah." She walks up, and all of her um, all of her textures are completely gone. She's like a mannequin, and she's just like walking up to you, and it, it's terrifying. This like <laughs> blank faced mannequin just walking up. Um, there was another time that I was uh. I was talking to somebody in a closed quarters. It was in like a house and this character, this character was frozen in time, but still moving. Yeah. And they like walked through the wall, like a ghost walked through the wall, walked through the person I was talking to walked through me and just kept going. And I'm like, (laughs) this ghost comes walking, just like gliding in and then just kept going. It was a little freaky. A constant one with me, too, was people talking, but their mouths weren't moving. I had that problem a lot, and that really ticked me off. Because the game was programmed for the mouths to move. And it worked most of the time. But when it didn't, it was, like, really annoying. <laughs> yeah, I think most of the times happened with me was when I would hit the button. Like, if I was reading something, I'd hit the button to skip. And then all of a sudden be like... Oh, you you move too fast, so now we can't move mouse. <laughs> I when I first started up the game again, I played on the PS4 version. Um, I had it crash a couple times, like you did, where it literally like crashed my PS4, and I had to reboot it. Mm. Um, there was a few times where the uh, uh, what were you just talking about that triggered this? I can't remember. I was now. Pr- like pressing the button in advance, like talking. Oh right, right, right. So like there was. They they would talk, but like their audio would get cut off, and then Avor would say something in response to the person, and in the middle of Avor saying it, the audio would pick back up and finish what they were saying. So it was like this weird like conversation problem. Yeah, that was that was really annoying. Um, I had a few times where the arrow was like stuck to Avor's hand, and he he would be doing like a serious thing and he's like waving his arms around all ceremoniously and hear this like huge arrow arrow stuck to his hand. Um, there was also, uh, there was a few times recently I I've updated my game just a couple days ago and I think it might've fixed this problem, but Avor would get knocked to the ground and not be able to get back up. Oh really? So like all you could do is stand there and take a beating until the game reloads. It just, it would, that was very annoying. Very, very, very annoying. But that said, um, there were only if those couple where the the game would completely crash, which I've never seen a game crash a system before, so that was new to me. Yeah, but um, I've aside from that, the the game crashing and that was few and far between. I think the whole hundred and thirty hours I played, it happened maybe three times, maybe. Um, and Avor getting knocked to the ground, that one was damaging. Like I couldn't progress. But otherwise, most of them were pretty harmless. They were just annoying. Yeah. So, like, from that aspect, it, it was okay. Like, the game's playable. By by no means was the game, like, rendered useless. Yeah. It's just, it was funky sometimes. Yeah, and it was just kind of telling that my game actually crashed on me, like, at the very end of the game, too. Like, after I was doing stuff, like, watching, like, the ending cutscenes that uh, I was, like, watching. Yeah. And it crashed. I was like, you know... That's just kind of like the fitting end for like the game's like sitting there's like and it crashed yeah like it, most of the times like when it crashed because it only happened to me like probably less than five times so only a handful of times it would just 
give me a blue screen and it would just automatically reboot my computer. It was just doing too much. So it would be like, oh, game crash, system crash. It just reboots your computer. Yeah. One time it actually locked up my whole system. Like I <laughs> couldn't do anything. Like couldn't like control alt delete couldn't get to anything there was just nothing responded and i just had to do a hard shutdown yeah, and everything that's, like that's that tough. And i was just like uh and then but outside of that i i thought it was an okay looking game i thought there was like areas that did look really good but most i think most a part of england i guess just doesn't really do it for me for like the setting and everything like that but like the norway stuff like with all the mountains and like when you're on like the long ship on the and the water and stuff like that stuff looked really good. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I really liked going down the rivers in general, like Norway or uh, England. The rivers looked awesome. Did you go to North America? Yes. That was pretty cool. It was You could tell it was very different. It was a completely different landscape, very hilly, very rocky, very North America. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was fun. Uh, very woodsy. And the animals were tough, too. Yeah. Aggressive. I felt like it looked probably a little bit less good than Odyssey. Oh, really? A, a little bit, but I don't know. That could also be partiality, like, sh- showing through. Because, you know, this game was also, I don't want to say, like, darker, but, like, the, the color palettes are, like, mm-hmm. totally different from, like, ancient Greece, where it's, like, you know, a bright, lot of... sunny. Bright, lots of, like, blue, like, clear water and everything, and you're just a beautiful-looking game. And then this is like, you know, you got a lot more muted colors, you know, especially like it's, it's a cold atmosphere. It's, you know, you're dealing with some dark, I I don't know how Odyssey is, but like, there's some darker themes. There's the, like the, the troll, um, cursed areas and they're like dark and grungy. And, you know, I, I get that. And even like in the, like supposedly like in the center of England, you know, it's a lot of just like kind of like fall colors like there's some oranges and stuff like that but it's a lot of like greens and browns and stuff like that and just well you also have what i thought was neat about the game is that each each area had its own like season to it yeah like the further south you were the more like summer it seemed and the more like like summertime the game made it seem like even the, the quest lines and stuff seem more summer themed. And then you kind of, you, you've got like the, the fall and autumn stuff. And then you had the, like, um, there was a, there was an area where they were celebrating like Yule and that. Well, so that, it's like, well, you know, the Yule got, stuff actually was put into the game around Christmas time that they put that just, they did that themselves. They're like, Oh, it's Christmas time, so they put Yule. Oh, did they add that Yule in? for everyone? Oh, I didn't because know that. it was only like a timed thing. Like it's the the Yule festival, so there's special Yule quest going on, and it was decorated around like the your like it was decorated around for like Ravenstorp and everything too. With like special Yule. Oh, really? Yeah. That, oh, the, I didn't know that. Yeah, they put that into the game themselves, like during that time. Hmm. No, I was specifically talking about a quest line that you did where it it revolved around the Yule feast. Um, so I'm, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I didn't see that. Oh wait, no, I know. I know what you're talking about. Okay. I, it was one of the big the, cities. Yeah. That was the one near the end. It was getting to be, yeah. Cause you had to go to like the festival there, the Yule festival yeah. to like do something for the quest line. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mean, Cause there was also that story, like just side quest stuff where it's like, Hey, it's Yule time. So like at my, 
like in Ravensthorpe, you had like Yule festivals that you could do. There was like a drinking contest, a fighting contest. Huh. I had I had Reese all over like my Ravensthorpe thing. Really, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't notice that. I mean, I was playing the same time. I mean, we've been we've been playing this game since December. Yeah. So I mean, I should have seen it. And were you online the whole time? No, that's why. That's why. And you know why I was offline? Because when you boot up the game, it forces you to log into Ubisoft. And I said no, I didn't want to. So I t- unplugged the Ethernet cable. Yeah. And I said I'm not going online then. Like if you want me to, f- if you're gonna force me to sign in. I just won't. Yeah. I won't be online. <laughs> so when I when I had to uh, update the game, I had to plug in the cord to make yeah. sure I got the new update. But yeah, so that's probably why. Then that's yeah, they had why. they had special like holiday stuff going on for that us. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that would be why. Um, but yeah, no, the the game. I thought the game looked really good. There yeah. was a bunch of graphical issues that could have been worked out. Yeah. Not a bad um, looking game. Asgard. I wanted to talk about Asgard because it was the best looking area of all of them. Like you land in Asgard and it's like amazing. Like you're at the top of this crazy tall tower and like you can see over everything. You got uh, Idrisil in the background and you it's got just, the rainbow bridge that yeah, you go on yeah, and everything. It's, it's just it's amazing. Those it were probably looks, the best looking games, the Dream World. Yeah, because Jotunheim even still itself was like it was not as was good. Still, like <laughs> yeah. you know, I did like the red leaves and stuff. Like when you go into there in that area and you go like to the big forest and everything. And like yeah, they did a lot of really cool concepts in them. Like when you uh, had to go get like the the guy's like mug back or like whatever oh yeah and like you you sh- you know you had to oh stuff shrunk down here and then you like you kind of work your way into something then you bring out this big huge thing and that was like really tiny and it yeah like, it, you had to play with those like if you walk through this area then this happens and if you walk through this area like all of Jotunheim played off of this like the magic trickery yeah, yeah it was it was like interesting stuff you had to like see it from certain angles at, and like going through like the two set points or anything. It was like right. a checkpoint you had to walk through. Yep. Yep. That, that didn't make things very interesting. Uh, there was a cave in, uh, Jotunheim that I thought was amazing. It had like blue, like crystals on the walls and it was like glowing. Oh, and in Jotunheim and, um, Asgard, you rode the, uh, the deer. Yeah. That was awesome. And the deer's fast. Yeah. I like how they gave you like the different mounts and everything. Yeah. It's like, it's not just a horse, you know, like yeah. from here, it's like, there's this, or it's actually like, Oh, we're in a different place. And yeah. That was, that was pretty cool. Very cool. Um, the customization to your characters Obviously, you can pick male or female, but every every item that you equip had a different style to it. As you upgraded, it could change how it looks, too. Um, I had helmets on, and I hated how the helmets look, so I just turned it off. Yeah, I, I always turn helmets off because it, yeah. it, it distracts me. It, yeah, me too. Um, so a lot of that, like, my... Avor and your Avor probably look completely different. Like, my Avor was I turned his hair like black and he just he he had this like beefy look to him where like the stock Avor was like blonde and he had I think he had a clean face too and I'm like no, I don't like that I did pretty stock Avor but I think I gave him a beard because you got to have a beard right yeah. what's weird is maybe your game changed this but when when I had the final cutscenes, it changed to like the stock Avor did you have that it was like super noticeable. Maybe I think 
I do want to say I remember sometimes like all of a sudden like, oh, he's clean shaven now or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess for you it wouldn't have been as noticeable with if you had blonde hair for him. But yeah, you having the dark black I had hair. the dar- dark hair and like a decent beard on him and he like turned to a clean shaven blonde haired dude and I'm like, who's this bozo? <laughs> this is who I spent a hundred and some odd hours with. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was bizarre and it definitely took me out of the game for sure. Um, but otherwise, I mean, the axes looked really cool. I mean, they flung through the air and they had a glimmer to yeah. them and all those effects were yeah. really nice. Oh, another thing is like just sometimes some of the effects that they have, like you could tell were just, at least playing on PC, they were bad. Like when you go up to synchronization point, the birds flying around on my game, they're, yeah, they're like little cardboard and yeah. everything like that. You're, you're like, <laughs> I you have this too. beautifully look like, you know, <laughs> you the, got these little cardboard yeah, birds. It looks good. Off. You know, it's at least like high res, you know, playing, you can see this and then just like little cardboard birds. I'm like, you couldn't animate the birds or sometimes flames would look really weird too. I think it had to do with how the game was programmed to load. And I noticed that too, like in the distance, the flames would look like weirdly stiff. Like they were animated, but like animated like weird. And then as you got closer, it would pop on and it would look like a flame and it would look amazing. Same with the birds. Like if you notice the birds off in the distance, like they look like cardboard birds. But as you got closer, they like rendered better and they would move and they would be animated and they looked fine. But yeah, it was just would just like kind of like take you out of this. Like, yeah, oh, you're in here and then just. Yeah, a little cardboard. Yeah, and you're especially during a synchronization. You're like, oh, look at all this land, and you're like, the camera's you know spinning around. You're like, oh my gosh, this, and then there's this bird like just kind of like limping around. Like, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, 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 distracting. So yeah, I mean, an eight out of ten. It's good. It really is good, but yeah. not a fantastic. <laughs> it's not like a system seller kind right, of like the way yeah. that. I look. And you can kind of like understand that when you're making a game across like four or five different counts and like yeah. you're not pushing one of them like to the absolute like max and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, I get that. I just I think some of the bugs should have been worked out. I mean, I know that they're constantly updating and they're constantly pushing stuff to fix that, but just I I I don't know anything about programming. I don't know anything about game development, but I feel like some of those graphical bugs that are so distracting to the game should really be addressed first. Well, I think that's at least one of the not as bad as like a lot of other games, like the ones that they released. I think it was like Unity, where sure. people would like load in without faces, but they'd still have eyes and mouths and tongues, and it looked oh, like oh yeah, that's weird. Yeah, they had that for a while. That was like one of the bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. at least our people still had faces. Well, except for the mannequin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> most of them. Um. Oh, I'll last. Sorry, I kn- I know we keep going on oh. graphics, but um, the the finisher moves were awesome. They were pretty cool. Like the death animations, you know. Yeah. It was very Mortal Kombat esque on some of them, and like for me. <sighs> I'm not, like, grossed out by that, that it doesn't bother me, the blood and gore, it doesn't bother me, but, like, you get, you kind of forget about it after a while, Yeah. and, like, you go into a fight, and all of a sudden, like, Eivor takes his axe and just, like, like, chops off a head, or takes the dude's sword and, like, bashes him in over the head with the sword, and you're just like, oh my gosh, (laughs) what is going on? Like, this is crazy. I think my only thing with those... 
is that after a while, it's like every single enemy, like once you got them down, you're doing it. It's like, okay, I don't need to do this for every single one. Repetitive. Like yeah. when you're do- like when you're doing like a big fight with a hundred people. But then again, I also played like at the end where I would just run like all all the sieges pretty much like i didn't i hardly fought anyone i would just run to the objective and i'd be able to get it done be like yeah yep run fight the boss like i'm not fighting all the grunts and everything like that so yeah um also the um the kill animations for killing the order people when you're like jabbing the hidden blade into their chest or whatever they didn't look very good and a lot of times for whatever reason that animation would be like like stuttery or like laggy in some way and i don't really know why but again it's part of taking you out of it like oh it's being weird you know yeah so i don't know it's again it's not not terrible but you know there are some aspects of it that are amazing and there are some aspects of it that are meh (laughs) All right, gameplay. Ah, as if we haven't talked enough, gameplay is typically the longest conversation. Um, what'd you think about the battle system? I felt it was a little janky. Like yeah. it, it didn't feel as smooth to me as Odyssey did. Like I felt it was fine for what it was, but I didn't really, I didn't think it was special. It was yeah. it was serviceable for what I wanted it to do and. Like, that's about it. It was just, it's just there. I mean, besides, like, that's just for combat. Like, we can get into the other things. Well, I feel like the, the, the combat was okay. Um, it, it served its purpose for sure, but it got a little better as you unlocked stuff. Like, I ended up unlocking the entire skill tree. So, like, I had all of the abilities. I had everything unlocked. But there were still, like, things that I never used. Stuff that I would do on accident. Um, like, there's there's a way that you can jump around uh, the rune strikes. I don't know what they're called. But, like, the when the enemy goes to attack you with, the, like, red runes that pop yeah. up. They're, they're not supposed to be blockable but you can dodge them yeah. and you can't parry them either. But you, the only way you can really get around them is to dodge them. But there's a way to dodge behind them and like jump over their back and do a, a strike from the back. Yeah. I had and that I one did it sometimes yeah. and had no idea how I was doing it. I could have looked it up, but again, I wanted it to be part of the game experience. So like, I just didn't know it was like a cool thing that happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, but otherwise I didn't really use, the abilities I had like a set abilities that I had from the beginning that I've just stuck with. Um, I would go through the ability list occasionally and be like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Maybe I'll try it out. But like, I didn't use them a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I think the one, the ability that I used the most was the ax throwing one. Cause it would hit so many enemies at once. Uh, but that was the majority of it. I think mine was the jumping one where you would just like jump high up in the air and then like come down on them. Oh, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. would use that one. And near the end, I would use the arrow ones, especially for like some of the boss battles and everything. Because 
I miss this in the gameplay. Like when I realized, like when you pull out your arrow and then like someone like has like highlighted parts on, like that was their weak point. I missed that at first. And I was like, oh, because I think I was struggling against a boss fight for a while. It was like one of the earlier ones. And I was like, man, like why is this going to take forever and everything? And I actually like, I was like, am I missing something? I'm missing. I looked up. I was like, oh, you're like, those are weak points. I'm like, I'm like, was that like was that told to me that those were weak points <laughs> like if you pull up your arrows and you shoot them like that takes away like their armor stuff I'm like i don't remember if that was a thing i i don't remember i just remember i got i got a skill early on that was like highlights weak points when crouched or so, oh yeah highlights weak points when arrows drawn or something like maybe that. Maybe that's what it was. Then. I just <clears throat> and that, that was the skill that I unlocked in the skill tree. And I read that line and I'm like, Oh, well, and then when I started seeing the highlighted spots, I'm like, Oh, those are the weak points. So I was able to figure that out. Okay. Um, but some of them are really hard to hit. Yeah. Um, there was an arrow. Once you unlock the like superpower strikes with your arrow, it's like overkill. Like everything <laughs> is super easy with a bow and arrow as long as you have arrows to shoot at them. I did use the slow time one with the arrow, especially like the last Fenrir fight, like mm-hmm. against the big one because he was like power level two eighty and I fought him at like two twenty. Oh really? So yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm using the slow time because it's like you don't use your arrows when you're doing that one. It just keeps firing, and it's like he can't hit me right now. So I was like. Yeah. Because I was just powering through that. I was like, oh, I'm not grinding 100 levels here to like 80 <laughs> levels. I'm like, I'm just going to just gonna brute force this like 60 levels under power. And it happened. Right. Um, the weapon upgrades was kind of nice. I felt like it was really slow. Like, I could have kept cycling through the different weapons or the different runes that would give you like weapon boosts. But like... It didn't bother me. Like I felt like the the system that I had in place from the beginning pretty much carried me through the entire game. Well, and they did that as a means of counteracting like how it was in Odyssey because I think people had a lot of problems with Odyssey because loot was super constant. Like you're always finding stuff, and not that it was like always good, but you would get like weapon drops off of, like almost every single enemy. So you'd always get new weapons, new weapons, and it'd have random stats. And it'd always be like, oh, what do I like? Do I want to upgrade this? Do I want to do this? To where this one, I use pretty much like the, the main axe for like almost the full time. Yeah, I did. Like too. I just upgraded it. So it's like they kind of like dialed it way back from the last one to be like, okay, th- there's a lot less of this, and you can just focus on upgrading these few things. Find what you like and just upgrade it and go with it. Yeah, and I, I appreciated that. Because I hate changing out stuff. I basically, from the beginning of the game, I dropped my shield. I carried an extra axe, uh, extra like hand axe, and I had two axes, and that was my equipment throughout the whole game. Yeah. Like I had a few moments where I'm like, well, maybe I should equip a shield, and then I don't, and then I just figure out how to get around it. Like there was very few enemies that I was like stuck on where yeah. I had to fight it two or three times. The first Fenrir fight was really hard for me. The second one was cake. But by the time I made it to the second Fenrir fight, I was like way overpowered. I I hit three hundred like super early, power level three hundred or whatever. Yeah. And so like the Fenrir fight was super easy. The like Basm fight was super easy. Like all of the end game stuff was cake yeah it didn't bother me at all like i think 
it took me a couple times on Fenrir just because I was under leveled and like that one move where he goes underground and like he comes out it's the worst like, because it, it can almost one shot you like if you have just a little bit of health like it can one shot you so I would always have to make sure I was healed like I was at least thankful that that area gave you a lot of like plants and like arrows like respawning right but it was good and I st- used the axe most of the time i used the shield because i ended up getting the shield thing where like if you parried you got like health back on parry and everything like that and then near the end of the game i got a flail i'm like oh i'm gonna try this out and i realized that that one was kind of broken too because you could like just stun lock people it would just like you like go so fast use like not that much stamina and you just stun lock people pretty much until they're dead (laughs) i'm like okay i guess i'll use this and then I used the that spear that you found when you go to like the cave and everything like that. It was like a the glowing spear thing that you found. I was like, oh, I'll just use this the rest of the game then. Yeah, I didn't. I stuck with my two axes. Yeah. <clears throat> somebody in the somebody in Twitch who was ahead of me in the game showed me the spot like way up north by um, Jovic that had there's there's like a there's a lake, there's a little island in the lake, and on that island there's a patch of, like, ore that you can attack. Yeah. But this patch of ore is unbreakable. And you're supposed to use, like, the Excalibur at a very specific time of day in order to break this ore. Yeah. But there was, like, a catch where if you attack it a couple times and then reload your game, it would just break and you would get the item inside. Yeah. And the item was, like, this super powerful glowing uh, bow. And that bow, like, murders everything. Oh, so is that what you did then? You, yeah. You're like, oh, I got to load it in the game. I'm going to do this. But did I, you actually I, get Excalibur? I, no, I didn't get it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I may have it unlocked or something, but I, yeah, I, I, I didn't, didn't get use it. anything. I, I, I know, know there's a quest line for it. I'm like, oh, Excalibur's in it. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't. No idea. This guy told me about it. He's like, hey, do you want to learn how to do that? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I'm down. If, if it's a glitch in the game, I'll, I'll use it. Yeah, for sure. I'm not even sure if I fully upgraded my weapon. Oh, really? Like all they, the- I think gold is like the higher gold or it's called something else. But yeah, it's like they're like glazed in like a gold. Yeah, I don't think I did that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Man. I took, I took the hard way. Like Yeah, apparently. Like, but it also wasn't like like terribly hard like i think probably the fenrir fight was probably the hardest one and that was only hard because like you one shot you like if if you got hit and then it was just it was a battle of attrition because like i wasn't doing that much damage so it just took a while and that was like the only thing i was hard about it because then once i went and fought uh alfred's like buddy after he ran away and everything at the end like i was under leveled for that but I still smoked them. Like it was still like just <laughs> I, like I one shot. Like I did it in one try. And that area is supposed to be like three eighty or something like that. Yeah, and so. I was like sitting there like nope, not doing this. Like and just ran through like I think I was like somewhere maybe in the two fifties, two sixties or something like that. Basm caused me some issues mainly because uh, first off I had no idea I was even dealing health to him because he didn't have a health bar. Yeah. Uh, but then also. Like, he kept, like, twirling around in the air. So, like, every time I would try and, like, attack him, he would just, like, twirl away and he'd vanish. And I'm like, just stay in one spot. So once I finally managed to load enough arrows in him, he finally went down. But that was kind of an annoying fight. I would use the thing because once I figured out, like, 
you'd go to try to attack him and he'd like kind of like jump back and like disappear. I would just wait for him to come and attack me because I had the ability where like if you dodge, you slow down time. Yeah. So like I would dodge him, slow down time, and then I'd be able to start attacking him and dealing health, and then he'd go do his thing, and then I would just rinse and repeat. Right. Yeah. So I was I was just pumping him full of arrows while he was running along the top brim. Yeah. And he would jump at you. And you could kind of get a sense when he was about to jump, and I was using the like charge, um, the charge arrow, like right before he started to jump. Like he would get up on the brim, I would shoot a couple arrows, and then I'd start charging. And <clears throat> as he jumped to you, you just shoot that charge arrow, and he just poof, like a quarter of his health was down. Yeah. I'm like, this is this is what it's gonna be the rest of the <laughs> the rest of this fight. All right, outside of the battle system, um, I thought the rating was pretty fun. Um, it, it was repetitive, but when you f- the first couple times you do it, you're like, man, this is badass. Like, I feel like a monster <laughs> with, like, all these people and the horns going off and the music's all awesome, and you're just, like, going in and just, like, ripping people to shreds. <laughs> and It was... I, I understand, like, why, and especially, like, for a gameplay thing, it's like, you know... That was, like, the best way to upgrade your villages because that's the best way to get materials. Right. And I did it, like, when I was... But I also got, like, bored of them kind of easy. Yeah. Too. It was, like, sitting there. It was, like... I never, like, really went out of my way too much. Like, if I saw one in passing, like, as I was going by, I was like, yeah, I might as well do it. But I never, like, went and so was like, okay, where can I go raid or something? Like, get this. I never was, like, looked at them. I'd be like, oh, there's one down here. Let's go down here and do this. So right. I was just like... Like, if I see one in passing, I'll do it and get my stuff. <laughs> Well, and that that leads to another good point that I have for uh, traveling. The first, like, I'd say maybe 40 hours of the game, I spent, like, just wandering around. Like, I would make progress in the story, and then I would be going from point A to point B, which is typically across the map... And during that time, it's like, ooh, there's a a little quest thing over here. And ooh, there's some gold over there. And along the way, it would take like hours to make any progress. And I'm like, okay, I have to just focus on the main quest line. And that's it. So once I started doing that, the quests came and they were going pretty quick and I was knocking them out. But like, yeah, the first like half of the game, I spent just like roaming. (laughs) Which was fun, but you make no progress, you know, you make, you make wealth and you are able to upgrade your equipment, but like that only gets you so far and it gets again, repetitive pretty quick. Like I didn't feel inclined to do a lot of the side quests. Like I would see stuff like I'd go by and the quest marker would pop up and you'd hear like someone like complaining and stuff like that. I'm like, "Eh, I'm just going to keep going. My house is on fire. "Eh, I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Like, like, sorry. Uh, Like I don't got time for this. My foot hurts. What should I do? Random stranger walking by. Yeah. Or even if like, you know, like, uh, some bandits or something would like jump out at you. I'd be like, nah, my yeah. horse is just gonna keep going. Like I you guys, the same way. like you guys can do the same. Like you just just wait there for the next. <laughs> maybe maybe the next guy will get you. Um, the uh, there's there's a handful of enemies that you can fight for side quests. Um, you you had the witches that you could fight. We kind of talked about them a little bit. Um, the mythical beasts. That you could fight. There's uh, the Viking warriors. And then there's the knights. 
the Templar Knights. Um, yeah, the Zealots. Yeah, the Zealots, yep. Um, they weren't, none of them were really all that challenging unless their power level was, like, absurdly high over yours. The witches were, like, the worst, I think. See, I didn't fight the witches. Oh, you didn't fight I, the witches? I didn't even know you could. <laughs> oh, really? Did, did, did you see them? No, I don't think so. Really? Oh, you're in for a treat, because those are pretty cool. <laughs> I can't show you my gang, because they're all dead, but yeah. there's, I think there's... I'll probably have to look it up on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> there's, I think there's three of them. So basically, you end up, you find this, like, circle of, like, it's usually, you can tell it's a boss arena, and you, you get in, and it's all filled with, like, corpse and you can see, like, the, at the brim of the circle is, like, completely littered with, like, dead bodies. And you walk in, and there's, like, this dead guy hanging in the center. Like, not the center of the circle, but, like, the front center of the circle. You walk up to it, and he, like, vomits out this, like, spray. And then Eivor, like, is choking on the spray, that the smell or whatever that's coming out of this corpse. And this witch shows up. And she's like, who, what king sent you? And who, who, why are you here just disturbing me? A sort of deal. And uh, then she fights you. And because you've inhaled this stuff, I would assume, she's able to manipulate the elements yeah. in, your, in your brain, you know, fog. She's able to, like... Typically, and I fought three of them, they're all about the same, but each one it deals with a dif different element. So there yeah. was one that was like, there was one that was fire, there was one that was more electricity, and there was one, one that was like poison. And like the electricity one was really cool where she would like, she would s like have all this lightning strike down, and then like she would like warp teleport to you and attack you. And then like some fog of her would come and attack yeah. you. And it was just, it was a cool looking fight. Like it was really cool. Um, but they're hard. Like they were Are really, they? especially like early game when you stumble upon them, a couple of them, the one, the first one that I found was like in a, a level like 90 area. Yeah. And I think the witch was like level 300 or something like that. And oh. I'm like, Nope, I'm out. Like, yeah. there's no way, there's no way I'm going to be able to fight this. <laughs> and they would like one hit kill you if you were oh, under leveled, really? but they, the fight was really cool. Yeah. Huh. Um, the warriors, the Viking warriors, there was only like three or four. Well, I haven't, I haven't done all the quests, so it's hard for me to say, even with the witches, there might be more. Yeah. But, um, the Viking warriors were typically old Vikings who wanted to die an honorable death and go to Valhalla and your chore is to fight them yeah. and they put up a fight hmm. and um, some of them are really strong. There's one guy who has like a, a he fights with a staff or maybe maybe it's like a javelin sort of thing and he's he's a tough guy like huh. he's an old just an old man but man he's yeah. tough. There's also uh, another guy who keeps all of his armor like freshly polished, and he lives in this this uh, kingdom or this uh, this castle type area. And you go up to the top, and he's sitting there, and he's like, "I'm I've been waiting for a long time to be able to, you know, fight someone worthy." And then you fight him, and you send him to Valhalla or whatever. Yeah. It's just you know, there's there's a handful, and then the beasts. Did you do any of the beasts? I did either? not do any of the beasts. Did you come across the stone bear? In Jotunheim? 
No. <laughs> oh, that's too bad because the stone bear is really cool. <laughs> the only beast I think I saw was wasn't there like a moose or deer type thing in the North America region? I think there was like some epic beast there. I think that you could have fought. Yeah, I was think, that there? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah, that's the was... only one I came across. There was, there might have been a wolf den or something like that, like in earlier ones. But I, was, I knew I wasn't gonna be like, nope. Like I'm too underpowered for this. I'm I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of them were tough. The wolves sucked because they typically came in packs, and the wolves had some some sort of ability that would grab you by the chest shoulder area and drag you and when that happened you're kind of left without being you're left defenseless like you can't avoid the attack and they're already dragging you so like you can't get up yeah so that sucked um but otherwise once you you just kind of pick off the weak ones and then you go for the big bad guy and it, it goes pretty quick uh, but yeah, in Jotunheim, there's a stone bear, and he's he's like power level 400, and he's he's a big bear. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's cool. Yeah. I mean, again, even if you don't kill him, just to go and fight him and die is yeah. just cool yeah. to experience. I do like how they put that stuff in there. Like it really lets them take that mythology and like have some fun with it. Exactly. The only thing like I can probably compare it to is like. And Odyssey, I fought, like, the Minotaur. Like, yeah. a big, huge Minotaur that was, like, really huge and everything. Like, oh, that's cool. And I think there was other things, too, but I didn't get to see any of that in in this game that I really came across. Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't... Other than the bear, the, the stone bear, like, mythology-wise, I think that was the only one that was really, like, meant anything. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Fenrir was kind of part of the mythology too i guess you could consider that a beast fight too but yeah there was there's a couple like super aggro wolves um there's a couple boars that are there there's one that's uh that i fought that was a bull and he was like this huge massive bull in this bull pit yeah and all the other bulls are like attacking you and you gotta kill this like one and that, that was a fun one. I mean, it was pretty easy for me because I was way overpowered when I found him. Yeah. And I went in and just kind of like couple shot arrow the the big main bowl. Once he mm. went down, the other little bowls, I didn't even have to fight. I could have just left. Yeah. So it didn't matter. But it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, Is that it for gameplay? Let's see. Oh, I did kind of want to talk about the game, how long the game is. Um the main story i guess if i was playing the game again even not knowing the main story i think i'd be able to get through it faster just by avoiding the side quest stuff but doing the side quest stuff is how you level up so like you have to have a balance um but for you to be able to do it in like 50 some hours i feel like i spent way too much time in this game having over doubled that so you know yeah Obviously, I'm burnt out on this game, so it it feels like it it was very repetitive and it kind of overstayed its welcome. But how do you feel about that? Do I you felt, feel like it was too long? Yes, I felt like that at 50 hours. You know, that sure. was. I f- I think the thing that got me is they said like because I put about 60 hours in Odyssey, and afterwards, like 
they talked about going into the next game. They were going to kind of condense it, make it a little bit smaller and shorter. And I was like, oh, I'm like, that sounds good and everything. Because, you know, make it more condensed. Because that's just kind of like me. It's like, unless I like really, really get into a game, I'm not going to go do like every nook and cranny. Like, sure. Get all the like Order of the Ancients and stuff like that. And it took me 50 some hours without really doing side quest just to do the main story. I'm like, that's not really condensing it. I'm like, that's still a really long drawn out game. And like, I'm like, and I skipped a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, and I still had to like power through it there at the end. I'm like, it just, it did just kind of drag on. And I think like, you know, you probably had fun doing some of the side quests and stuff, even though those were like repetitive, but you know, like when we sit there and we think about like, you know, that story being about a six or seven kind of slow paced and everything like, maybe that drives people to do some of the side quests because you're like, there's nothing really going on in the story right now. Like, maybe some of these side quests are, like, more interesting I, than the main I story. I genuinely had that thought of that the side quests were more interesting than the main story. And really, there were there were some really fun, goofy side quests. There was one, like, the, um, the Prodigy side quest. Yeah, that quest. was pretty funny. That was really cool. And it just... Just, you know, though, there's a few like that. Like, the, there's one... There's one lady who's at the bottom of this like pit and she wants you to bring her viper eggs. And when you bring her enough viper eggs, she eats them all and then she lets out this huge nasty fart. And then you go up above and everybody up above is like, "Oh, what's that smell? Oh my god." <laughs> Just like because they keep like peeing in this well that she is in, that she's made a home, and she's ticked off, so she's making them leave by letting off this huge fart. <laughs> it's just goofy, these like goofy side quests, yeah. you know, and that's what makes it fun. So I don't know. I would I would suggest if you have downtime, if you're interested, go around and just do some of the the blue dot side quests and just well, check them out. And well, see. I will say that as soon as I beat the game, I took it off my computer. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. I was, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm like, I, it's overstated. It's welcome. It's yeah, gone. Like, like I finished. I'm like, we're gonna do the review. Be like, I'm out. Like on to something else now. <laughs> yeah. Like it just. Even, like, I guess this maybe goes into gameplay, just, like, all this stuff in general. is like, it doesn't make me want to really go back and and play it. Like, sure. Like, I could go back and, like, do some of the side quests and, like, I could go finish out The Order of the Ancients, but I don't really feel like I want to. <laughs> Honestly, really... The Order of the Ancients, I finished it, and it's not that exciting. Like, I thought that there would be some, like, grand prize at the end. There's not. There's a little bit of a story where you... You know, you meet the king at the very end, and he's just, like, living this peasant life, but, like, it's not that yeah, exciting. And I think that's mostly for the Assassin's Creed, uh, for lack of a better like, the big fans who want, like, the lore, and all of a sudden be like, oh, he's, like, he goes on and, like, wants to create the Templars, so Templars versus Assassins, because instead of, like, Order of the Ancients versus the Hidden Ones, you know, like, oh, we're gonna start getting to this. So it's like, right. oh, that's cool. But for, like, regular us, it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. it it really, what it boils down to for me is I was excited about this game to go in, play as a Viking, you know, cut off some heads, do some raids, you know, and, and I got that for the first like 40 hours of the game. I'm like, yeah. this is freaking awesome. And then it started, the repetitive started kicking in and I'm like, ah, it's, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. And I was left that way pretty much the yeah. whole game. Like it's good, but it's, it's more just okay <laughs> yeah i think for if like going like by that theme i would probably enjoy playing the new god of war 
over this one. Sure. I think if I for like gameplay and like longer games, like I think that would probably be more towards my taste. But this still like isn't bad. Like mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm not gonna say like anything bad about this game because it's not bad. Right. Yeah. You know? That's exactly it. It's yeah, yeah. It's not. It's it's a funny it's a funny line to play. Like you know, I I've never put more than I've never put more than two months into a game. As far as the podcast goes, we've been doing the podcast almost five years now, and I've never put more than two months of solid gameplay into any one game. And this game broke that, and I got, like, I just beat it, you know, a couple weeks ago. Like, this really stretched that, you know, it just kept going and going and going, and there's more and there's more. I'm still nowhere near 100%ing it, yeah. and I feel like I've got more hours in this game than I did when I 100%ed Horizon Zero Dawn. So, like, you know, here to 100% this game, I probably have to put yeah. another 50 hours yeah. into it. It's just, it's a beast. And I know, like, uh, like, one of the things that we do sometimes when we do like reviews and stuff is like, you know, once we get the credits and everything, like we'll take pictures and stuff like yeah, that. There is no, and, well, I'm sitting there and I was like talking to people playing. So someone's like, I beat it. I'm like, Oh, so you got the credits and someone's like, there's no credits. I'm like, there's no credits. I'm like, Oh, okay. And like, so he did, he's like, but he did the same thing. He's like, I think I got to the end question mark. He's like, this stuff kind of ends. He's like, but that's just it. It's just like, did I like, is it over? He's like, I think it's over. He's like, I'm considering it over. There's no credits, but I'm considering it over. Yeah. And that's kind of where I was too. Like I did enough stuff to say, well, the main story arc is done. Like there's, I've, I've conquered all of the lands. I've did all the Seagird stuff. We, you know, I feel like it's done. Yeah. Once they put you as Basim in like present time and you could go back into the animus as him i think like that's pretty much okay now you can go like clear the map you right know, you can go yeah. do this stuff like okay this is once once all that's left is side quest stuff you're done with the game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're done with the game all right let's uh let's move on to music um i didn't i don't really have much to say about the music and and music goes to um voice acting and sound effects as well i gave it a nine out of ten I gave it a six. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I mean, like, it, a six as in it's not bad, but I'm not really going to remember any of it. Like, okay. it, it, it did its job, but I'm not really going to remember any of it. It's, it, it just wasn't memorable for me, except sure. for, like, the one thing I probably remember the most is, like, the synchronization song. Oh, well, yeah. Because it's, like, the same the thing same. that you hear, like, so many times. Like, that's about the only thing I'm going to remember. And the hoos and all that stuff. You know? <laughs> there, there is the synchronization sound or song is different in England than it is in Norway. And in Norway, it's like this lady who's like ah 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 <laughs> every time it goes off, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for me, the music really did set the atmosphere really well. Like the raids had that like drum, that music that yeah. just made you want to, you know, it just drove you really well and it set that mood, that atmosphere. Um, but yeah, I mean, there wasn't like anything super memorable, but like, I kind of feel that that plays to the atmospheric sounds too. Like 
it it just feels good. Like there was times when I was in the bigger cities like London and you're walking around and you can like hear people talking in the background or chickens squawking or, you know, just like no atmospheric noises. And it just set the mood. It set the tone. It, it felt right. Um, I think the worst part for me was female Eivor. Yeah, like, I didn't really... If they'd have made her voice sound more like... Like, Ranvi. Ranvi would have been perfect. But, like, the female Eivor just... It sounded like a, a, a female voice actor who has a normally higher-pitched voice trying to lower her octave to sound more manly. Yeah. And it just sounded off, and I didn't like it. I thought that it sounded forced and like unnatural i thought it was just very like telling of that it was like when you when i selected it and i knew within like the first like 20 or 30 seconds it was like no like i'm not i'm not gonna do this like i just knew as soon as i heard her voice be like yeah that's not the one for me (laughs) yeah yeah i felt the same way i just it it was it was just bad otherwise the voice acting was pretty good like the the delivery on the voice acting was very very well done outside of the the lips not being synchronized but that's not you know that's not yeah. the voice acting yeah. itself but yeah, that's like, not that like Avor as a male sounded awesome um Odin sounded really cool um Basm as Loki it was interesting. Like it just, I, the even like the the voice actor who had the interesting dialect. The um, oh, oh, the blacksmith's wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was really cool too. Just she might have been the best voice actress in the game. I know. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> like I have no idea what she's saying, but she's doing it well. <laughs> there's a side quest. Speaking of voice actors, there's a side quest where you find a baseball player. And I don't know if he's, I would assume he's actually a baseball player in real life, but like, he's just like a North American baseball player. And like, you talk to him and he has kind of a Southern twang to his accent. And I'm just like, what is this guy doing here? Like, he's from modern time North America. Like, like, I don't know. I, I would say like north carolina like something like that just like just a normal present day accent and yeah. i'm like it doesn't fit it, it was really bizarre it was just like this dude is like hey we're gonna slug some rocks around and it was, yeah. just, like, it was weird <laughs> it was really bizarre but otherwise i mean the, the majority of the voice acting was perfectly fine yeah. <laughs> even his delivery it was fine it just was out of place um but okay, so overall notes for an overall score, I gave it an eight out of ten. I had a good time. It wasn't the like hundred percent the best game that could have been made. There's room for improvement, but like I enjoyed my time playing the game. It did tend to overstay its welcome. I would have been happier if the game would have ended last month yeah (laughs) but you know again i i finished the game i'm happy with uh, i'm okay with how it ended there's a lot to do still like the game has i don't know if you want to call it replayability or just like longevity you know but well and then there'll probably be dlc coming out too there already is a couple dlc you can go to frankia is one of them for sure there's another one that you can do that's in the like 
the main story or the main England area, yeah. but you, you, there's a Frankia quest that you can download. But like, I have no desire. Like again, the game has already stated it's welcome. I'm pretty much done. I may fire it up to do a couple more side quests here and there because just roaming around I find entertaining. But yeah. otherwise, I'm done. I'm ready to move yeah. on. I gave it a six out of ten. Okay. Um, it probably was it was higher earlier in the week and everything. But when I had to sit here and was like getting preparing for the podcast, I was like, it was probably going to be about a seven out of ten. I was like, you know, it's an okay game. But then I started. And this is where I say I feel bad because it lives in Odyssey Shadow. Where if I was to give Odyssey like a really solid eight, maybe a nine on a good day, does this? Warren a seven i'm like well i don't really think it's like one point less because like it's not bad but like you said you know i had my fill it was okay i don't really see myself going back to do much it kind of overstates welcome i'm you know i'm kind of done sure and like you know sometimes people might say oh six out of ten doesn't sound good that doesn't mean it's bad Right, it's yeah. Just, if you were to give it like a four or a three or something, yeah. that's like, oh, geez. But yeah, no, a, I, a six is okay. Like, I won't say that, like, it's not like I didn't enjoy my time in the game. Mm -hmm. I, I did. It. It's just, it was okay. Like, when I, like, <laughs> I'm probably not going to remember, like, too terribly much of the game. I'm like, except for maybe, like, some, like, the big story beats and everything like that. Like, I'm not going to be one of those, like, those games years later, I'm going to be like, oh, do you remember this little intricate, like, detail, yeah, right. this and everything like that? Like, I'll remember I played it. I'll remember Eivor and, like, all this stuff. And the, then the twist at the end. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. Th they'll, they'll be like, it and be like, oh, do you want to play it again? And be like, eh, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and like you were talking about, coming from Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I kind of feel like, and again, I haven't played enough Assassin's Creed games, but I feel like it's kind of using the same formula. Like, go here, do a thing, go there, do a thing, go there, do a thing. It's very quest-driven and one-off sort of deal. And if Odyssey was very similar in, you know, structure to Valhalla, then I could see where if you came right out of Odyssey going into Valhalla, it's just, like, the same yeah. stuff with, like, a different tone. Yeah, well, I know, like, with Odyssey, because it's, like, I really liked the main character. I really liked the voice actress. She did a really mm -hmm. awesome job. And I liked that story about just being Cassandra, you know, and you're trying to find your brother and all that stuff like that. And it's just pretty much you're the one person and you're going through and pretty much mostly every area you go to just kind of like ties into the main thing, like kind of somehow as you're like chasing things down. And, you know, I did have about a month or two break between finishing up Odyssey and this, but still, that's pretty close to being like back right, to back. Yeah. And when you're coming off that high of like, man, I really enjoyed this game. I'm like, and that was like my first Assassin's Creed game that I've actually like beat because the only other times I played it, I played like three hours of the first one, like way back in the day when it came out. And I played about half of uh, Assassin's Creed for Black Flag. Yeah. So I finally got into one beat. I was like, man, I'm glad I played this game. Like, Next one, cool. It's Viking themed. That'll be really interesting. I look forward to playing it. And then it's just, it was just okay. It kind of like, it just brings it down like that much because yeah, you kind of had higher hopes and sure. everything. Yeah, yeah. So maybe if I didn't play them back to back, like maybe if there was like a year or two break between sure. that, it would, like it might have been different. So mm -hmm. yeah, well, and the, and that's what's cool about the way that we run the podcast. It's your experience. You know, if your experience was what it was, I mean, you came off of 
you know, Odyssey, you coming right out of Odyssey, going into Valhalla, if this is how it is, that's your experience. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, my experience is I, I've never played an Assassin's Creed game. I, I played a little bit of the first one, but I see I see the similarities, and I could see how that, that same formula being used over and over and over again would be like, well, here we are, you know, if you know, Odyssey and Valhalla is that similar to the same game. Like it, it just gets old. Well, it gets old really fast. And then you, you're doing, you know, 50 some hours into this and it's like, dude, come on, you know? Well, And I think with Odyssey, I did about 55 to 57 hours and I did side quests in that game and I didn't like get anywhere near close to being the end of like all the side quests and hundred percent in that, but I did side quest and main quest and, doing pretty much mostly main quest in this one, I almost got up to where I was. <laughs> yeah. Like, just doing main quest. So that's like, you know, I had to stop myself in Odyssey because it was just like, not that I wasn't having fun, it was just like, you know, I really should finish up the main story because I got a lot of other games I want to play. Right. So I'm just going to finish up the main story. It was mostly me telling myself, hey, you need to stop getting distracted. Just play, you know, finish this. Like, yeah. I'm enjoying this finishing up. Well, and that's that's where I was coming from, too. We got through the first two months, and we were getting close to the end of the second month, and I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting here playing, I'm like, I've got a lot left to do. I'm like, looking at the quest log on online, and I'm like, there's still like a good 12 quest lines left. And if each quest is like three hours yeah. long, I'm like, I'm nowhere near being done with this thing. That's when I said to you, I'm like, uh, we're going to have to push it out another month. Yeah. Like, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to be able to beat this. So, you know, I you know, I spent a lot of time doing side quest stuff early and getting sidetracked with all the extra stuff that you can do. And if you just focus on the main quest line, it probably it definitely goes faster. And but I, it's easy to get absorbed into the other. I, I think sometimes having the time limit too is because it's sitting there's like, you know, like yeah. we were on a deadline and everything, we're like, you know, when I put that fifty to sixty hours into Odyssey I did that over months, you know, of just like, right. you know, playing here and there. Or this one's kind of like, you know, not really like a job, but you're sitting here like, oh, we need, we want, we want to get right. this done. Yeah. So, it's, you know, yeah. kind of like at the end, you're like, oh, I need to, like, I need to get this it's, done. So it's crunch time. Like, yeah, I need to focus on getting that story finished. Yeah, I guess that's where I was going with this is that that last month, I'm like, okay, drop the side quest stuff. I can do that later. Mm. Like, just get the main stuff done. Like, just get the storyline finished. That way we can say that we finished the game. And if I want to keep going and do other stuff, you know, on the weekends or downtime, that's on me. But, yeah. like, I want to get this game finished. Like, I want to review it. I want to have it done. Because that's that's how this works. Yeah. That's how we do it. And but. I think pretty much your feeling about this game is probably how I felt about Odyssey. Mm -hmm. Being my first time through, I was, like, really enjoying it. And, like, this is your first one. So, right, like, yeah. yeah, I did enjoy it and everything. So, it's like... Me being the second time was like you could probably see like if you were to probably go and play Odyssey now, even though I really liked it, that was the first one I went through and I really enjoyed sure. it. You'd probably be like, I'm not sure if it lives up to like this one and everything right. like that. So probably being a, like that's I, probably where it's like similar. I like think that. I think it's just that I I wouldn't be able to play Valhalla back to back. Like just it's the same formula, just like a different skin over it. Like I just I can't like there's only so much of that you can take in one sitting. Yeah. Like there's no way. There's no way I would play another Assassin's Creed now back to back. Like I'm gonna drop this for a while and maybe revisit the Assassin's Creed series, 
you know, in the future. Yeah. I really want to finish the first one. Like, that's something that I really, really want to do. Because I got mm-hmm. halfway through the first one, really enjoyed it, and just life happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, this did remind me that I want to go back and play Assassin's Creed 4 because I really enjoyed the pirate theme. It was just yeah. like, it got to be too much. It was like, oh, there's so much to do on the map at one point. But, you know, it wasn't until the last three where they started making... 50 60 hour long epic rpgs they were a lot shorter like you could beat them in like you know 20 to 30 hours so it's like shorter more defined games to where like oh we're just gonna be an open world rpg now and it's gonna take forever to beat these games yeah so it might be easier to go back and do that too i have to say the world is huge it really really is and that's a good and bad thing like it's cool because there's a lot to explore but man getting from one end of the map to the other end of the map aside from the quick travel which takes forever to load but like yeah it takes a long time to get places this map is massive i will say i do appreciate it because like i compare it to like breath of the wild Mm -hmm. or breath of the wild's map is huge Mm -hmm. and it takes forever ever to get anywhere where this one you see like they keep stuff like within like you know like 900 like meters or whatever it is so it's like and getting 900 meters in this game doesn't take that long you hop on your horse you're there in like 30 seconds where like breath of the wild's like something's like so far away in the distance and it takes you forever to get there yeah where this one's like yeah you got all the fast travel points like everything's a fast travel point you could like yeah i remember i think it was like one quest near the end I was like, okay, go do this. So I went and did it. And it's like, for the next part, you have to go 2,500 meters this way. I'm sitting there, I'm like, fast nope. travel point over there. <laughs> then, then it's like, you need to go back this way again, like, fast travel back there. Like, I'm like, I'm not doing all this. Yeah, so there's I, no way. Like, it's big, but they give you, it's fast to get there on horses, like, for some of the areas. And they give you, like, plentiful fast travel. So yeah, they do. I did appreciate that. It's... The fast travel points were all the synchronization spots, but then they and also harbors. they also added the harbors, which are really handy because there's a bunch of rivers going through the entire map. Yeah. So that made it really nice. And something that I found interesting, being being a guy from North America, I don't know the geography in the UK whatsoever. Like no idea. Having played this game now, I look over to, you know, some of the air, like London, and I can, from London, I know exactly where Stonehenge is now, I know where, like, York is, like, I I can, like, navigate that southern, you know, area a little bit better. It's just, I don't know, I I found that entertaining (laughs) a little bit. I don't know if they'll do it with this one, but I think they did it with Origins and Odyssey, is they actually had this, uh like kind of like free roam mode to where like combat was and stuff was turned off, but it would also guide you on certain points and do like a history, kind of almost like a museum tour. Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. So I, like an odyssey, it would be like, you would go through like a city and you'd like go up to something and they would tell you about the history of like this building and stuff like that. Like say you'd go like, uh, like the Pantheon or something like that in Greece. And it would like talk to you about that. And like the stuff in the game, it'd be like developers and stuff talking about like all this history and the stuff like, you know, this is what we did, blah, blah, kind of thing. And they had that for those two. So I don't, I wonder if at some point they'll actually do that for this game. That would be really cool. I would really like that. Um, I was going to ask you too, having played Odyssey, was there any overlap in location? Cause uh, there's a lot of Roman architecture but like i don't know what odyssey fully was if it was more greece or if it, it was, it was pretty much it was pretty much all greece oh, for okay. the most part so 
like they had some of the Roman stuff because it was basically uh, Sparta versus Greece, but pretty much everything took place around Greece and everything in that. And the modern day stuff, I think she was she was in some place. I forgot where she where she was in modern day, but kind of like the same thing. She was like kind of like on the run from like the first game and everything like yeah. that, and finding that stuff for like Cassandra and everything. But yeah, it, it took place all around there. So not not as much like going like, you know, Norway, England, this. This was like, no, you're pretty much staying. Yeah, yeah, sure, I get that. So I didn't I think that's pretty much most of the overlap. And the only the only other thing that I knew of kind of from Odyssey that carried over is like the staff. Because mm, yeah. that's like a key point for something. I, I don't mean, know. I mean it really what. didn't it really didn't have anything to do with this game other than they kinda referenced it and that it healed Basm at the very end, but like otherwise it didn't really have much to do with this game. I mean it it gave our main protagonist a headache at some point or like yeah, because it has healing she, properties. She like, got stuff. like irritated and fought or something, or got got angry. I don't know. I don't know what the deal was. Again, it was all just like secondhand information that was given to us about what was going on in this world. So like, I didn't know. Well, and I'm not even sure that she even gets this like that staff thing. That's. I think that might have been DLC for Odyssey 2, because I, I didn't do it either. So it's just like, I just know it's from there, but nice. I don't know how, because huh. there's a bunch of stuff like, like oh, well, I guess it does do some other areas, because it has to deal with Atlantis. Oh, and okay. you go like underwater, and Atlantis is like a futuristic civilization type thing, too. Like that would underwater. be cool. So that's Ooh. what that one kind of has to deal with, but that, I think, is mostly DLC. Sure, yeah. So... I think it's called like the fate of Atlantis is like the that DLC would be for that. cool. I'll have to look that up. That sounds neat. So, but overall, I mean, I would recommend this to people though. I mean, I mean, if you're a fan of the Viking era, I mean, I am obviously, yeah. but like anyone who's got that, that fandom for like the Viking style and the Viking mythology. And this is a great game for that. Cause it plays on those, those aspects. But like, if you're, if you're, I don't know, if you're a fan of open world games in general, there's other ones that you could probably pick that would be more fun or more entertaining. I mean, the, the storyline isn't probably where I feel like it could be. Um, it was okay, but like that, that's kind of how I felt about the whole game. Like it was okay. Like it was good in some aspects, but a lot of it was not bad, but just okay. So like, I don't know. Like if you're going to replay open world game and you have your choice between like horizon and this, like you're horizon hands down. Yeah. Horizon hands down. So, what was your final total? Mine was 32 out of 50. And mine was a 40 out of 50, so that puts us at a 72, or 7.2 out of 10. So, again... I feel it, that's about right. It plays off of our... It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I think we've overstayed our welcome here. Yes. <laughs> um... You know, there, we can't really say a whole lot more. If you want, if you want to experience the game, obviously go and check it out. Um, you can watch all of my gameplay on it, all 130 hours of it, and actually, I think there's a little more. 134. How many streams did that end up being? 32, 32 streams, Jeez. and the average was about three hours a stream. 
Uh, there were a couple days that I did more than that and a couple days that I did less than that, but the average was about three hours a stream. Uh, but yeah, 30, 32 parts, 32 days of streaming, and that's three days a week. So yeah, I put a lot of time into this game, <laughs> and I'm ready to move on. You're ready for a short game now. <laughs> I am, yeah, yeah. And that's what's on the horizon. So the next game that we're going to be playing is Oddworld. And I'm going to be inviting my other sister, Shannon. She's going to be playing that with me. Actually, by the time this podcast airs, we will have already started the game. So um, you, if you want to check that out, our, our YouTube channel for all the stream stuff is Zap Night Plays. So just look that up in YouTube if you want to watch some of the playthroughs that I've done. Um I tried to put in the description a little hint of what we're doing. So if you want something very specific, you might have to just kind of browse around to find it. Um, but yeah, everything is there. So if you wanted to watch me be a goofball and play some of it, you can check it out. Um, but otherwise, this podcast is being posted on your favorite uh, podcast app. If you're listening to this on YouTube, you can also listen to the audio only. If you or well, I suppose you are on YouTube also. Anyway, <laughs> if you if you're listening this on a on a uh, podcast app, you can check us out at YouTube also, where we do all of our podcast episodes over there. But we also do two um, thrift shop games a, a month. So if that sounds interesting at all, you can check us out. That's YouTube.com forward slash Zapnight. Uh, otherwise, you can see everything we've got going on at zapnight.com. You can listen to all of our previous podcast episodes. And, uh, yeah, we're going to end it here. And we'll catch you guys next time. Oh, and Brandon, yes. thank you so much. Thanks for having me again. Thank you so much for <laughs> spending so much time on this game. I know that I know that it's a long Almost game. Almost 200 hours between both of us. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's a lot of time. It's, yeah, a lot of time. So, uh, yeah, thanks again. And uh, everybody, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. See you.